0: This morning's scripture lesson is from Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 1 to 5 and 28 to 29. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 1 to 5. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelite before his death. He said, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned over them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came with myriad of holy ones from the south, from his mountain slopes. Surely it is you who love the people. All the holy ones are in your hand, and the feet, they are bowed down. And from you receive instructions. The Lord that Moses gave us the possessions of the assembly of Jacob. He was king over Jehoram, where the leaders of the people assembled, along with the tribes of Israel. Verses 28 to 29. So Israel will live in safety. Jacob will dwell secure in the land of grain and new wine, where the heavens drop dew. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people safe by the Lord, it is your shield and helper, and your glorious sword. Your enemies will call out before you, and you will tread on their heights. This is the Word of God. May our heart be good soil to receive this morning's sermon preached by our Reverend Lanita. Blessed to be a blessing.
1: Thank you, Brother Meng A very good morning, dear brothers and sisters in Christ who's gathered here in the sanctuary and others who may have joined us online. Uh, Whenever we think about Deuteronomy, uh, we need to remember that this is the last book of the five books of Moses. And we need to also remember this is his last sermon, his last speech to the Israelites before uh, the Lord called him home. Now, when we think of the book of Deuteronomy, actually it means second law, but that, that's the way the the word is. But actually, it is not the second law; it is just the second reading of the law. So, from chapter one, Moses sort of uh, review or repeat what the Lord had already given to the people of Israel, and he just reminded them, reminded the people of Israel again. Now, as Moses gave his final speech, the people that were listening were not the same people who left Egypt. Remember the group that left Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, wandered around 40 years in the wilderness? Those people have died. It's a new generation that Moses is talking to. And so he needs to repeat, he needs to review the law so that the next generation would know what happened? And so as we look at Deuteronomy, uh, before we look at chapter 33, we need to remember to go back to chapter 27, 28. And so I would encourage you to go back and read, uh, at least read chapter 27, 28. And if you uh, have time to even go back to chapter 1 and read uh, the whole book of Deuteronomy again. In chapter 27, what Moses did was he divided up the tribes. Some of them stood on Mount Gerizim. Some of them stood on Mount Abel. And then one side pronounced blessing and the other side pronounced curses. Blessings if they kept the law of the Lord. Curses if they disobey the law of the Lord. And so you have this on both sides of the mountain as they uh, shout to each other, uh, reminding them of what they need to do. But if you look at chapter 28, the blessings that the, the tribes pronounce were not meant for the people only. It included blessings upon the animals. It included blessings upon the fields, the trees, the crops. And of course, blessings on the servants and the slaves. And so right there, you could even see that when God blessed, it's not just to bless the specific people or the families, but it included all that the persons or the people represent. And that, my friends, is the catch. That God had chosen Israel not just to bless them, but to use them as channels of blessing to others. And so as we continue looking at the uh, at this chapter, let's commit this time to the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful to You that this morning we can set aside this time to be in Your presence, to hear Your Word being read, to respond in prayer, to respond in worship and songs. And now, Father, as we respond to Your Word being preached, We ask Holy Spirit for you to be here, to guide our thoughts, to guide our hearts, to guide our spirits as we commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. And so here as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 1, it says, This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. Right now, uh, we always say the person who is leaving us, leaving this earth, the final words, we need to really listen and take note. And so for Moses, this man of God, this leader whom God had chosen, had spent the last 40 years in the wilderness. And yet at the point of his death, the Lord had already told him he is not going into the promised land. After all that he has done, he is not going to see or to enter the promised land. For many of us, it would be very bitter. And so the words that we may say would be full of complaints. But for Moses, we see that he knew what the Lord was doing and his final words were still blessing upon the people. But the blessings is never meant to be kept to themselves. Now, very interestingly, if you look at the laws, some of us, you know, we read our Bibles, we prefer the New Testament, we don't like the Old Testament, and we don't like the laws because it's just so repetitive and it doesn't seem to make sense. But if you study the law, you can actually see God's love and God's intention. In chapter 15 of Deuteronomy, there is one law that says that when you buy a Hebrew slave, you have the slave for life. On the seventh year, you are to let the slave go. Now the word slave meaning you buy, it's for life. But not for the Israelite. You only have the slave for six years. On the seventh year, you have to let him go. And then in the same chapter, there's a law that says when you have debts or when you have debtors. Also in the seventh year, you cancel debt. How we wish that's happened. That's for us, isn't it? All our mortgages will be cancelled in the seventh year. Why? How can God... You know, if I lend out money and somebody owes me money, how can I cancel it? Simply because the person would be so blessed by God that you would have more than enough. And so these are laws that uh, God gave to the people. A reminder again that God's blessing is never meant to be kept for themselves. And so here as we look at this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 33, it begins with Moses saying, Okay, the Lord came from Sinai and so on and so on. And in between that, that we that we skip no, verse 6 to verse 27. He actually pronounced blessing on each of the tribe, one by one. Now some of you may do a quick count and realise that it is not 12. There are actually 12 tribes. Okay, uh, Some of them, like the tribe of Joseph, uh, is actually the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim together. And then Simeon is not mentioned because Simeon has been absorbed into Judah. So there's actually only 12 names, uh, 10 names that are listed. But as Moses pronounced blessing on the people, the three points that I want to make here this morning is, first of all, God loved the people. and say, yeah, of course, God loved the people. But take note the word people in verse 3. Surely it is you who love the people. Now take note that the word people does not mean Israelite. For us, we may say, Oh yeah, God loves the Israelites. They're the chosen people. They're the apple of God's eye. But this word people in Hebrew is actually amin. Amin meaning all people. The same word was used in Genesis chapter 11 even before the calling of Abraham. God loves people. All the people of the earth. Now, very often as Christians, when we say Jesus died for us, that us is Christians. Is that true? Not true. Jesus did not die just for the Christians, Jesus died for every single person in the world, including those who have rejected Him, who are are rejecting Him, or who will reject Him. Jesus loves them just the same as He loves you and I. Now those of you who were here last week would remember Reverend uh, Dr. Andrew talked about Samaritans and the Ethiopians. And his reminder to all of us is that we need to be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit that at any time, God may bring our Samaritan or our Ethiopian into our lives and for us to minister to them. And that reminds us that God loves all the people of the earth. In Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham, what did He say? Only the Israelites, only your descendants will be blessed? No. He said, all peoples on earth will be blessed because of of you and that started it and so here in this chapter uh, Deuteronomy chapter 33 Moses then went on to remind the people that God acted in the history of the Israelites the names that were mentioned in verse uh, 2 and 3 some of us may not be familiar with those names but of course the minute you see the word Sinai what do you think of? you think of the giving of the law Right? The people had come out of Egypt and then they were waiting at the foot of Mount Sinai while Moses went up and took the law. And then, Seir. Seir is the wilderness of Seir, the desert. And again, the minute you hear the name, the people would remember. What happened in the wilderness? What happened in the desert? No water. Where did they get the water from? From the rock. No food. Where did they get the food from? No meat. The quills fell from the sky. And then the enemies. And so the minute these names are mentioned, like for many of us, if we mention Sarike, some of us were born in Sarike, some of us went to school in Cebu, you know, there are other parts that as we, as we mentioned the names, or even for some of us, we may remember our grandparents or our great-grandparents come from a certain part of China, a certain county, a certain province. When we think of that, or when somebody mentioned those names, then we would remember where we have come from, our personal history, our family history, or even for FMC. Uh, Whenever um, I drive past the shops uh, opposite this uh, big coconut, uh, I'm always told that FMC started there. And from there, the Lord brought us here. And so we need to be reminded that our God is the God of history, our God has acted. And so when these names were mentioned to this younger generation, they would remember what God had done for their ancestors. And then the third point that we can learn from this uh, blessing that Moses pronounced is that God made a covenant. God made a covenant with the Israelites. And so in verse 3, he says, Surely it is you who love the people. All the holy ones are in your hand. At your feet, they all bow down. And from you receive instruction, the law that Moses gave us. And that's the covenant. Don't forget that God had given the law. You were supposed to keep the instruction. You were supposed to obey. And then finally, it says, um, the possession of the assembly of Jacob and then he was king over Jezrun. Now because Jezrun is a new word, we don't know who he, is he, what is it? Now in verse 26 of the same chapter, the same name is used. Jezrun simply means the upright one and it refers to Israel. And so a reminder to the people that there is no king except god almighty now of course we remember the history of israel how sadly the people demanded a king like what the other nations had we also want a king and then you know the national history but here as moses reminded the people that yes god loved you and all the people of the earth god had already acted in your history and that God has made a covenant with you a reminder that the blessings from God was never meant to be kept to themselves we go all the way back to genesis chapter 1 after God created adam and eve what did he say be fruitful multiply fill the earth with godly people and then of course in genesis chapter 12 we read it He's calling to Abraham so that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. And then we think of Joseph. Joseph ended up in uh, in prison in Egypt. And then when he became the uh, person in charge, he gathered food knowing that there will be a famine coming. Now who was the food for? Only for Egyptians. It was for all the known world at that time. Even God used Joseph to bless the world. And then, of course, the laws. The laws was never meant to be only as blessings to the people of Israel. Do you know that in the laws, when you talk about harvest, when you harvest, you don't clean out everything. You intentionally leave some behind so that the poor can have it. And there's a good law that I love that you can actually walk through any field, any orchard, and if you're hungry, you can just pluck and eat. That's not stealing. That's filling the hunger. But you cannot tapau. Uh, If you tapau, then there will be stealing. Isn't that a law that is compassionate, that sees the needs of the people? And so even the laws are meant to be blessings. Now very interestingly, King Solomon, When he built the temple to worship God, who was it meant for? Of course, the people of Israel. The temple was meant so that the people could come and worship and offer sacrifices. But look at this prayer that he made in 2 Chronicles as he dedicated the temple to God. What was his prayer? His prayer was for the foreigners. For the foreigners who doesn't belong to your people, but if if they come or if he comes and pray towards the temple hear from heaven. This is King Solomon asking his God to hear the prayers of the non-believing foreigners. Hear their prayers and then do whatever the foreigner asks of you. For what? so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and may fear you. Solomon got it right. He knew that the temple, although it was meant for the Israelites, but there is a deeper purpose and meaning to the temple. And then of course, in Zechariah, what did Zechariah say? This is what the Lord Almighty says in those days. Ten men from all languages and nations will take hold of a Jew and said, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Blessings from God is never meant to be restricted only to God's chosen people. It's meant to be for all peoples. And of course, we know as we move on to the New Testament, what Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news. And then of course we know on the day of Pentecost people from different languages heard the gospel. And then Peter went to share with Cornelius. Paul was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul got it very right because in Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 to 9 shall we read it together? Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All nations will be blessed through you. Paul knew that. And as he ministered to the Gentiles, He knew that this is what God had designed, God had wanted way, way back. Back to Abraham saying that all nations will be blessed. But very, very sadly, throughout all the ages, starting from the people of Israel and then into the early church, into the church history, many kept the blessing to themselves. In England, in the 18th century, there was this man by the name of William Carey. He was a shoemaker. He thought and he saw the needs of the people in India. And so he wanted to go and preach the gospel there. And so he went to church and he told the church leaders that God has called him to go and uh, Preached to bring the gospel to India, and then somebody, one of the leaders, told him, "When God chooses to win the heathens, He can do it without your help and mine." So sit down, young man. But we're just so thankful that William Carey obeyed the Lord. He went to India. He started schools. He started hospitals. He started a printing press. For what? To print Bibles. He translated the Bible into 44 different Indian languages and dialects. And so that's why he needed a printing press. He abolished infant sacrifice. Now some of us may remember some of the stories that we read earlier on of Suti, the burning of a live widow. When the husband, when the body of the husband was cremated, William Carey stopped that. That's William Carey in India. And then, of course, in the 19th century, we have Hudson Taylor. At that time, Hudson Taylor was not the first missionary to China, but missionaries to China were all concentrated on the shores of China in the big cities. But Hudson Taylor saw the need of uh, the people in the interiors. And so that's why when he started this organisation, it's called China Inland Mission. He was going into the interiors. And so when he went in, when he shared the gospel, when he led people to Christ, one Chinese convert said, What? For hundreds of years you have had these glad tidings and only now have come to preach to us My father sought after the truth for more than 20 years and died without finding it. Why did you not come sooner? But yet, we are thankful to God that Hudson Taylor went. And then in the 20th century, you have this guy called William Cameron Townsend. He went to South America and he was sharing and distributing Spanish Bibles. And in South America, the indigenous Indians, one of them asked, how come your God doesn't speak my language? Your God doesn't understand my language, doesn't speak my language. That moved Townsend and he started what is known today as Wycliffe Bible Translators. Translating languages or translating the Bible into different languages. And so these are only three names that I'm sharing here this morning. Ruth Tucker, a missiologist of the 21st century, wrote a book called From Jerusalem to Iran-Jaya. And she describes this missionary imperfect as they were. They turned what some thought to be a declining Caucasian religion. It was only a Caucasian religion and declining at that in the 17th century. But what did they do? They took it. And now it is the largest and most dynamic religious faith in the world. These people were blessed. And they knew they should be blessing. And so in Edinburgh in 1910, there was a World Missionary Conference. And then the mission leaders and church leaders looked at what is around the world at that time. And say what will it take to finish the job? And we give thanks to God for that meeting. Because after that, many more young men and women wanted to be used by God to be blessings. And one of them was, of course, this person by the name of Eric Little. Now I know this is this film was in 1981, it would reveal to you how old I am. But how many of you have seen this movie, Chariots of Fire? Okay, I see a number of hands. Okay, those of you who have not, it is now available on Netflix and on YouTube. Okay, it's the story of a young man by the name of Eric Little. In 1924, in the Paris Olympic, he was a sure win. He was supposed to get three gold. But there were two hits, two runs, two races that were supposed to be, they were held on a Sunday. Eric Little said, No, I'm not running. Sunday is the day for me to worship God. And so ended up he had only one goal, the 400 meters. And he has a bright future as a national runner. But in 1925, he decided to go home to the place, to the country of his birth, which was China. He was born to missionary parents in China And so in 1925, he decided to go to China to teach, to teach English, to teach in a school in Tianjin. And he stayed there for 20 years. When war broke out in 1941, he sent his family back to England. He stayed back. And of course, when the Japanese invaded, he was interned in this place called Wishan Internment Camp. And there, even though he was a prisoner, he still ministered to the people, to the other prisoners. But sadly, in 1945, just before the war ended, he died. And that was the end of his story. Is that it? In 2008, during or just before the Beijing Olympics, the Chinese authorities went to look at the records and said, the first Chinese to win a goal was this man by the name of Eric Little. Because he was born in China, he died in China. So the Chinese authorities said, he's Chinese. He is called son of China. And the amazing thing, what happened then, was they started digging records. And then in 2015, in uh, Weishan internment camp that has now become a school, they built this memorial stone with the story of Eric Little on it in English. And then next to it is the statue of Eric Little. Friends, this is Communist China. And yet, this memorial is there in the school compound. And so school children would see this, would learn the giving of one life, making an effect on a nation. Eric Liddell was born and died in China. And because of this, in recent years, there's a new movie on Wing's Of Eagles. Now, this may not be available. I'm not sure whether it's available on Netflix, but you may have to buy it. But it's really a story of Eric Little's life. Friends, where are we today? 1910 World Missionary Conference in Edinburgh. Where are we today? Is the job done? Have all the peoples of the earth been blessed because of? us. The job's not done. In mission study, we often talk about a 10-40 window. Okay? It's just 10 degrees north of the equator to 40 degrees north of the equator, that little box or rectangle there. It is in this area where you have 35% of global land mass, and then you have 65% of the world's population but 95% of those who have never heard the gospel live here. The 5% who have heard the gospel live outside this 1040 window. Now look carefully, Malaysia is in it. 90% of the world's poorest people are also in this area. In this area, the three largest world religions are also found here. And they are Buddhism, Hinduism, and Muslim. And so friends, as we look at this 1040 window, as we look around us, what is God calling each one of us to do? Those of you who came for the prayer meeting this week, we heard from a Bible translator. Um, and and um, uh, Sharon, uh, the missionary that we're supporting, uh, told us that, of the world, seven thousand three hundred and seventy-eight languages in the world spoken, there's only seven hundred with the full Bible in the language. God speaks only seven hundred and seventeen languages. There will be people who ask, "Does your God speak my language?" All right? And then one thousand five hundred and eighty-two have the complete New Testament. 1,196 have some portions and then 2,899 have active translation work going on. What are you and I supposed to do? When we talk about missions, oftentimes we talk about we pray, we give and we go. But since the pandemic, we have not been able to go anywhere, right? Okay, including some of our missionaries, some of our annual conference supported missionaries have returned back to Sarawak. And the Sharon, who uh, was a Bible translator in a different country, is also now back in Cebu, uh, working online. And so going is out of the question. Giving is possible. But praying is something all of us can do. Now, please don't pray. God bless all the missionaries in the world. Amen. Let's find out where our missionaries are and let's pray for them. FMC supports Sharon and Victoria. Many of you know Victoria, right? Uh, Victoria works in Cambodia. She should be coming back in two weeks' time for a break. Now, Many of you do not know uh, the Korean couple who will be coming at the end of this month to share with us. How many languages are there in Sarawak? Uh, we don't ask the West Malaysians, the Sarawakians should know. How many languages are there in Sarawak? How many ethnic groups? 20? I heard something. 30? 40? It's more than 40. 40? Okay, different language groups in Sarawak. Do they all have the Bibles? No. Alright, so there is a Korean couple who has been in Sarawak for a number of years, have learned Bahasa Malaysia, uh, and have learned the Kenya language. They uh, they were involved in the translation of the uh, Bible to Kenya and then now they are moved on to do another uh, uh, language group. So they'll be coming to share with us. And um, the uh, Faith Methodist Church, through the English district, we are supporting this couple. And so they'll be coming, not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday. This coming Thursday, they'll be sharing with the Chinese congregation. But the following Thursday, they'll be sharing with the English congregation. And I think we need to broaden our hearts and our minds to really claim that God has blessed us and we want to be a blessing. And so in the blessing that Moses pronounced at the end in verse 28 and 29, So Israel will live in safety, Jacob will dwell secure in a land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop dew. Blessed are you, Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Blessed are you, Lanita. Blessed are you, Ming Hong. Blessed are you, Mi Ying. That's us, isn't it? Blessed are you, FMC. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is your shield and helper. And so friends, July is designated as Missions Month by our annual conference. A very good time for us to be reminded we are very, very blessed, aren't we? And we want to tell the Lord, I'm blessed, but I want to be a blessing to others. So my prayer is that all of us will respond like that. Let us pray. Almighty God, I thank you that you are a God of love, that you love every single person on this earth. You embrace every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And so, Father, I do want to pray that you help your children. We thank you for your bountiful blessings upon us as individuals, upon our families, upon our community, and upon our church. Remind us again and again that the blessings are never meant to be kept to ourselves, but that we would be willing to be used by you to be channels of blessing to other people. And so in the week ahead, Lord, I pray that you will continue to speak to us. Holy Spirit, prompt us, lead us, guide us, remind us that we are blessed to be blessings. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.